We're so glad that you're all here tonight. Happy Thanksgiving. Wow, so glad to see everybody tonight. So glad that you're here tonight to celebrate this uh, time with us. May the Lord richly bless us in all that we're doing. Amen. And so tonight, I think we have an exciting service for you. Allow God to just flow through the worship and the word and the testimonies that will be coming. And I'll be picking on uh, certain individuals. They, they know that in advance so they can prepare somewhat. But we just want to believe that God is going to continue to do something in our hearts. Not only tonight, but going through this whole Christmas season and Thanksgiving season and into the new year. God wants to do some wonderful things through us and through his people, through the saints of God. He's going to continue to do something great. So I'm going to pray and then we'll just get with our worship. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Because you're so awesome, oh God. Mighty God, we're grateful, we're thankful for who you are. For what you're doing, Lord, not only in our hearts and in this church and in our communities, but in our homes. We ask you, Lord, to protect us, to provide for us, to meet our needs, Lord. But most importantly, God, we ask you to be our God, our Savior, our Lord. So grateful for what you're doing. Lord, even throughout the country and the world, oh God, we know that you're at work. We believe in you and we trust you. And now, Lord, as we enter this time of worship and word and witness, may you bless everything that's said and done. It may be done for your glory, for your honor, for your praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Those who can, would you stand with us as we stop worshiping in song?
just got saved. I'm a baby Christian. But I knew that Jesus was, like, I just knew that he was something special. And um, when I was in high school, I was getting ready to go into the convent. I was going to be a Catholic nun. And um, I was ready for it. I said, I know that there's, you know, I want to do it. I just want to do the right thing. I got to do all these things because you know, I checked off all the checklists that we, they've given me in school and through my Catholic career, I guess. I don't know. And I'm like, but there was something missing. There was always something missing. I just needed to get filled more and more and more. And I, I, don't under, I didn't understand. I figured, well, I go into the convent, I become a nun, and I'll just, you know, serve other people and maybe, you know, it'll work out. I don't know. It'll work out. Well, God had other plans for my life. <laughs> Thank God. Um, I, I was ready when I graduated high school, ready to go into the convent. I met this boy, and that changed my life completely. I ended up having my oldest daughter, which is such a blessing. And um, it changed the course of my life. Something that I thought was you know, devastating. Oh my goodness, I was so young with the baby and this. But God had a plan. He had a plan. He's like, no, you're not going to be a Catholic nun. <laughs> um, and he saved me from that. And I became a mom and I, you know, I got married. I have my other children. And I still felt that emptiness. I felt that emptiness that I wanted. I might. My life needed something that was missing. It was always missing. And I knew Jesus, and I know that he was there, and I know that he was special, but there was something missing still. And I kept praying, you know, again, my path was wrong. You know, I kept praying the wrong things because that's what I, how I was taught. And 
one day in July 2011, my girls needed to go to camp. And I looked and I looked and somebody said, um, the Christian church has a camp for kids. And I'm like, oh, okay, how long is it? Oh, it's just a week. It's, it's called Vacation Bible School. And I said, oh, well, at least a week they'll be busy. You know, let's see, let's figure it out. So I went, I took them, the kids loved it. It was great. From that day, when I saw everybody getting together and praying so differently from what like I was used to, which was like rote prayers and you just recite them over and over and over and over. And I'm like, well, this is different, this is great. That stuck to me. Time passed, I'm praying, and now I'm praying differently myself, you know, I'm finding myself to be different. Then, on May 11th, it was a Mother's Day, 2014, this is years later, I finally went into that church and I prayed. And they sang, um, broken vessel. And that day I knew, had found what I was always missing. That, that emptiness was filled. And I left out of there like I was a new woman, like a spring chicken that I, I didn't even know what to do with myself. I was, I was like, this is amazing. This is great. This is what I was missing this whole time. And, um, you know, and I kept praying and, and it was getting, and my life was, I, I just can't even explain it. It was just full. It was full to the, like it was just coming out of my ears, out of my mouth, everywhere. I just sprinkled Jesus everywhere. Here you go, here you go. And it turned out to be great. And then, you know, my husband was like, oh, I don't know about that. You know, they're, they're a little crazy. You know, they, you know, that's not for me. You know, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. I said, don't worry. I'm going to, don't worry. I got you. I pray for you. So I prayed and I kept praying and praying. I got baptized on May, um, May 14, another Mother's Day in 2017. And it was great. My kids got baptized. It was great. And I kept praying for my husband. I said, God, my family is not complete yet if he doesn't come with me to church. And I kept praying and praying and praying. And praise God. Praise God. All of this that I'm saying is all glory to him. Amen. I praise it because I kept praying and I didn't give up. And I'm not going to. Because we're still on the potter's wheel. You know, we still got work to do and we're still there. But he's working. August 23rd, 2020, my husband got baptized. So he's also a Christian and I'm thankful. And that's what I want to say, I'm thankful God. Thank you God for not giving up on me, for not leading me into, not letting me go down that road of perdition, of, of worshiping other idols. I'm grateful for my family and I'm grateful for this family. So I thank you all for listening. <laughs> And that, that's it. That's my story. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, hallelujah. God is so, God is so good. Amen. Uh, Vinny, if you would work your way up to the front. I didn't 
bring no notes. I didn't write nothing up. I just thought about what I'm about to say and I hope everything works out okay. <laughs> about a year and a half, two years ago, I realized that something wasn't right with me. I would come to this church and I would do what I gotta do, you know, and uh, leave. And it wasn't kicking in anymore. It really wasn't hitting home. And like I say, about two and a half, a year, year and a half, two years, right? It just got worse and worse and worse. And um, in the meantime, uh, I had something going on upstairs <laughs> because I uh, was diagnosed seven months ago with brain cancer. And I mean, I. I there was things, I mean, when I was driving, uh, I, I was running off the road and, and running uh, signs over and, and, and all kinds of stuff and, and uh, things that uh, my wife would say to me. And, uh, you know, they just, it didn't register as to what she was saying to me and everything. And it was, this past July, about the end of July, right? I was out on a Saturday, and I had uh, at that time a uh, small lawnmower service, and uh, I came over here to uh, mow a person's lawn, and uh, I never said anything to my wife or nothing like that. So that's, you know. That's wrong, first of all, and that wasn't like me to begin with. And I'm about maybe oh, a quarter of a mile, half a mile from, from this person's house. And I, I don't even remember running off the road, but all I know is I ran off the road and to the right side of my vehicle and I hit something. And I, took, I tore off two tires both the front and the rear when I stopped. And I, I, I backed in and I don't know if for, all I know is I had to mow the lawn. So I mowed the lawn and everything. And then when I started looking at the truck and, and whatnot, I had two flat tires. So, um, oh, in the meantime, the, the lady that owned the home, she, she came there. And she says, you want to call home? And I says, ah. Then I says, yeah, okay. You know, but I was, I was out of it. I was out of it. And um, yeah, my wife came. My pastor came with, with his wife. And uh, it was the four of them and one of me and everything. And I was trying to at least get a, get the one spare tire on the truck. I don't know what I was going to do with it, you know, with three good tires and one bad one, but anyhow. So I, I, uh, I managed to get that on there and, and uh, well, long story short, right, my, my wife took me home and 
she says, then you gotta go to hospital. Something's wrong with you, something's wrong with you. I said, nah, 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 nah. But anyhow, I gave in and got to the hospital. And I think we were there about four or five hours or something like that, a good, right? And they examined me and they found out that, you know, what they were looking at was more than they could handle. This was like St. Anthony's over in Warwick. So they, they, they called an ambulance, right? They shipped me down to uh, <laughs> Westchester Medical. And uh, they started doing some tests on me. And, and they came back with it that I had a brain tumor. Uh, and it was about, I don't know, maybe the size of a half a dollar or something like that growing on my one side of my brain. And uh, so naturally when they broke the news to my wife and everything, they um, said, uh, they made it sound really serious and everything like that. But then another set of doctors came in the next day and they did more tests on it. And they came back to my wife and they said, no, it's not that, huh? it's, it's this. And it's good that your husband isn't here at such a young age, you know, that, um, that this, this can, we think, we can cure him of this and everything. So that was, well, for the sake, of, the sake of argument, from the beginning of May all the way until two weeks ago. Uh, it was total seven months that uh, I was laid up. Uh, between hospitals, home stays, then hospitals, and back again, and everything like that. Now, the reason why I give you all this detail was about first two, three months of this. I didn't want to hear nothing about God. You know, okay, fine, God bless you. You know, you, and you pray for me and whatnot. But you know, that was it. I had no interest in God. And I started realizing God was talking to me, speaking to me, and showing me what in hard times He can do in your life. And I want to try to say something, but I don't know how to say it. But anyhow, with that being in mind, I felt the Lord drawing me closer and closer to Him, right? From about four months and the last three months, anyhow, of, uh, of my predicament. And the, the final announcement is that I am clean. I am 100% clean. And I, I want to tell you about the last three to four months, how I cried for this place, mm. how I cried. You know, I, I mean, to sit and to watch, you know, these people on, on tape, that's one thing. I mean, that's, that's better than nothing. <laughs> there is nothing like being here right. with you folks. Yeah. I, I love you guys. How much? And 
I, I don't know, the, the, the sum of it all is, is that God taught me what he can do in a, in a person's heart through tragedy. And, uh, oh, one, one thing, I've been a Christian now for like three plus years anyhow. And what I was no, noticing, like prior to my two and a half, two, a year and a half to two years of, of uh, drifting away or whatever you want to call it from the Lord, that it, it seems like so many good Christians I know go through some suffering, you know, and at one time or another. And my, I mean, my life was just, you know, I have some bumps and, and little hills that climb and whatnot, but I mean, it seemed like nothing mattered in my life compared to what they were experiencing. Now I know, now I know. Um, it, it, it's, it's wonderful. I, I am. I come to church now to service and the songs that you know. Before I used to stand up there on on the platform singing with my wife, and I, I would just sing it, you know, as best as I can. But it didn't mean nothing. But now, I mean, when I hear them songs, the words, they just they, they pierce right through my heart. And. Uh, I guess that's about all I've got basically to say is that the Lord just used it the whole episode miraculously in my life to bring me closer to him, closer to you guys, and, 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 and I love you more. Yeah. So thank you very much. Yeah. Stay right here for a second. <laughs> Praise God. We're going to pray for Vinny. You know, let me just let me just say this. He's a man of God, you know, and sometimes our words shape our conversation to make you almost think that one is not. And so I just want to be really clear here. There's ups and downs, and he's been serving the Lord for 30 years, and he's been serving the Lord faithfully. But let's all remember that we all go through times of trials and tribulations and struggles and hard times. But, you know, when you're facing death, and this is not the first time that he faced death, and we won't go into that tonight, but, but there's times and seasons that when you face death that you feel alone. Sometimes you feel ashamed. Sometimes you feel like God has failed you. Sometimes you feel like, hey, life is just over and I'm just gonna quit. You know that you're going to heaven. You know that you're his child, but you're done. And the truth of the matter is, let's never get to that point if we can, but we get to that point at times. And maybe you never have, and then God willing, you never will. But at the end of the day, this is why it's important for us to share testimonies and see what God is doing in our lives and our hearts. So there's times that we know how to pray for each other and we also know that we're not alone. If you could extend your hand towards Vinny in symbolic of just believing that God is going to continue to touch him. He has been declared healed and whole right now. But just, just let's pray over him for, for a second here. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this man of God, for this faithful man of God, Lord. And Lord, like he said, bumps in the roads, hills, ups and downs, Lord Jesus, we know that you love him. We know that you have your hands on his life, oh God. We know, Lord God, that he has been so faithful, Lord God. And we know that this, this tumor, Lord, this, this cancer, Lord, Lord, messed up the way he was thinking, oh God. We saw it, oh Lord. Um, 
My wife Jennifer and I were there that day when this happened, oh God. We saw it for ourselves, oh Lord. We saw the confusion. We, it, it, has, it, it had eventually gone to that end, oh Lord, where, where he even said, I, I, I smashed up the tires in the cars, Lord God. But, but that has changed, oh Lord Jesus. And we believe, Lord Jesus, that you'll continue to heal him and continue to touch him and continue to use him mightily, oh God. Lord, continue to, to share this testimony when he goes back to work, oh God. He went back to work already, oh God. So we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will continue to, to use him at his job, Lord, and, con and continue to use him, Lord, to declare your words and your faithfulness, oh God, and continue to just be a blessing to him so that he can bless others, oh God. Fulfill your, fulfill your call in his life and continue to allow him to serve faithfully in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, my brother. Jeannie Rodriguez would work her way up to the front, and she has a word for her, and she can tell you a little bit about her story, but I, I worked for several months with her husband, Tony, and helped me, and he was very faithful with me in, in doing some work in the church and the parsonage as well, so many of you know Jeannie, come on up. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God bless you, everybody. Um, yes, I moved. I used to come to this church. I moved now to Port Jervis. But some of you know me. Uh, the ones that don't know me, I'm Norma's mother. So, um, yes, I have a testimony. I uh, started about five years ago. I, I couldn't hear from my left ear. And many doctors look at it and said it's nothing. They thought even it was mentally. They wanted me to go to psychiatry because... They thought that I was um, going uh, cuckoo or something, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so uh, one of my daughters started going to a neurologist and the Lord put in my heart. So it's in your head, so go to a neurologist. So this neurologist said to me, if I see something, I'll call you. If I don't see nothing, I won't. So it's seven o'clock in the night, so I said, oh, praise the Lord, it's nothing in there. <laughs> so uh, he called, he said, well, I got, good news and bad news. And I said, so give me the bad news. And he said, you have a tumor. And, I said, and good news is they're not cancer. So I said, well, praise God. And he said, praise God, nothing. You have a tumor in your head. And I said, well, praise God. God is in control. For some reason, he let it happen. Um, then he sent me to a, um, a doctor in New York City that uh, it was no medication for that tumor because the way it was, he said they looked like an ice cream cone, and it was all sitting in all my nerves, every single nerve that I have in the head. So he starts explaining that they need to open my head, take it out, scrub it, and they, they were gonna touch my nerve, and one of them. So they didn't know if I ever was gonna talk, walk, or do nothing. So I said, so take it out. And then I said, no, don't take it out. So I went home, I cried, I cry, I ask the Lord, why? And I say, why not? It rained in the just, and then I'm just, it rains on everybody. So I say, why not? This has to be a purpose in my life. Mm -hmm. So I talked to my husband, Tony, and I said, I'm not going to operate myself. I cannot see myself doing that to my children, my grandkids, and my husband. I don't want to be a vegetable, they, they take care of me. So I cried to the Lord, I said, take me. You know, I repent, 
for anything that was in my life. I want to make sure I see the Lord. So I said, just take me, Lord. Don't let me hear suffering. So they did MRIs, and he told me one thing. Uh, he got very angry because I said no. He said, well, you know, the way the tumor was sit is sitting, if it grows five meters or something like that, he said, it will blow and it will kill you. It will just pop and kill you. I said, well, then I go to Jesus. That's what I said to him. But okay, the MRI showed 1.2. The other MRI showed 1.4. It was 1.4, so I know that 1.5 was just right there. So I went down to the church and I was at the children and the children were screaming. And like I said, I couldn't hear for five years. So the children were screaming and I felt something that they pop in my ear. So I right away looked for blood because he said, if you see blood, you're dead. Was, but I said, hey, I will not see the blood because if I'm gonna be dead, so I'm gonna see the blood. But anyway, but um, I checked, no blood. So I went home. Then I was talking and talking, and I was as loud, louder than a microphone. I never knew that. I'm sorry if you people heard me louder one time. I never knew that I was talking so loud. So my husband came down, and I said to him, why am I so loud? So then I realized that I could hear it. I said, I could hear it. So I glorified the Lord, and I'm happy. I share with my children and everything. Then it comes the third, the fourth MRI. I got them all here, by the way, so that's my testimony. So um, the four MRI, it was just 1.4. So they said, let me do it again. The doctor said, let us do it again. I went, it took two weeks for the result because the enemy got a plan too. The enemy wanted me to get weary, you know, weary or whatever it was to doubt the Lord. But once the Lord gave me a word to my son-in-law, Junior, Junior came to me and said, God said he's going to kill you. I was just walking like a teenager. I was so happy. So, and I took the word and I believe it. So then he brought me to the word, his word, Psalm 101, where he said that he had the appointed time. It's a specific time. That if we learn how to trust him and wait on him, his day will be glorified through a mouth. So I went and did the MRI. Then I call and I said, she said, no, it's not here. I call again. And then she said, we have it. So she said, everything according to your age look normal. And I said, so what happened to the tumor? She said, what tumor? It's no tumor. So the tumor is gone. No medicine, no operation. And whoever wants to see the papers, because that's why I always walk with them when I give the testimony, are the three, three MRIs growing, and the one that said no signs of tumor. And to God be the glory. God bless you. He's serving awesome God. He's still doing miracles. Amen. Yeah. Chris, why don't you come up, introduce yourself, and, and, and share with us. Thanks, buddy. Hi, good evening. Good evening. I just want to thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. I want to thank the church here for the love that is shown to me. I've been struggling for a long time. For years, I had no way to get my life together and had too much weight on my shoulders. I couldn't see daylight from the end of the tunnel and just kept giving up and relapsing, going back to the drugs. 
It's like in and out of prison and programs for, for years. Um, it, it was just a mess. And um, today I got eight months 100% clean and sober. I'm, I'm like very happy. God is now carrying me and has put me in the position to get my life right and on track. My heart is right. I'm seeking the kingdom every day. It may not always be perfect or exactly the way I want it, but I'm so grateful God is supplying all my needs and then some. He's teaching me a new way to live each day. When I get discouraged, I just weigh out the things I have to be grateful for. I have a lot, so that puts me back into the right perspective. So I just want to thank you, Jesus, and thank you guys. I love you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. You know, we've been spending some time together and we hear these terms up and down and all around, right? It's, yeah. These things are happening, but we're believing and continue to pray. Come on up, uh, Haley. We continue to pray and believe that God's going to do some great things through Chris as well and in his future. And we're praying for his business and business opportunities as well. Haley's going to share with us as well. Now. Yes. That was my grandmother. Praise the Lord. I'm giving my testimony about how the Lord healed my head. Started two years ago and I was in my old church and I was standing during worship and I felt lightheaded. So I went to my mom and I was like, do you have something that I could eat real quick? because I didn't know if my sugar dropped or something. So we go to the back and then I pass out, out of nowhere. And then, so after I pass out, we go to the hospital, they do tests on me, they didn't find anything. So then we went home, everything was fine. And then after that, I started to get dizzy every day. And I was lightheaded all the time. And I couldn't even walk from like here to hear without the head movement making me about to pass out. So it was something that I couldn't even go like this and I would feel like the whole room was spinning. So we went to a doctor. I had like three tests done. They didn't find anything in any of the tests, but it was driving me crazy because I was like, I know something's wrong with me. The doctors don't know what's wrong with me but I know something's wrong. I would be in the supermarket. I couldn't walk through aisles because I almost passed out. I passed out more than five times in public places in my room. So it was stressful because I didn't know what was wrong and I couldn't even get a diagnosis because doctors didn't even know what was wrong. So I prayed about it. I brought it before the Lord, cried before the Lord. And I just kept asking him like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I even walked to my room. I couldn't even clean my room without getting one thing and placing it somewhere else because I would pass out. So it was affecting my life a lot and I couldn't do basic everyday things because I was dizzy, lightheaded, headaches, everything wrong with my head. They did more tests, didn't find anything. So that really messed with me even more because I knew there was something wrong, no one knew what was wrong. 
so there was no cure for it. So that messed with me even more probably because I knew that, or I thought that I wouldn't be able to get the help that I needed. But then I realized that I could get the help I needed, but just not through a doctor. Mm. I could get it through the Lord. So I brought it before him. I continued to intercede for it. My family, my parents praying with me. And one night during prayer in my mom's room, we were praying, doing family prayer, and I had my head down. And during that week, it was probably the worst week of my life. My headaches were terrible. I was lightheaded, dizzy, passing out. And I felt the Lord place his hands on my head. And I thought it was my parents. And I was like, oh, you're praying for my head, thanks. So I felt the Lord place his hands on my head, grabbing my head like this. And I put my head down. And I'm trying to lift my head back up, but I kept feeling it go back down. So I'm like, the Lord touched me. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, amen. So after that, I was like, OK, you're going to heal me. Like, this was my confirmation. I know you're going to heal me. So after that, I was still getting dizzy, but I was like, so what? Like, the Lord's going to heal me anyway, so this is fine. This is part of my testimony. So a couple of days after that, my mom came to me, and she said, I know you're healed if you come up to me randomly and shake your head like this, because I couldn't do that. If I did that, I would be on the floor passed out. So I was like, I'm going to be able to do that one day? Okay. So we made that, that when I do that, that's when I'm healed. So then on my birthday last year, the whole day I was fine. No dizzy spells, no headaches, no passing out. But I didn't notice until everyone went home from my party and I was sitting in the living room with my parents and I randomly looked at my mom and I'm like, Mom, look, and I shook my head and I didn't feel anything. Mm. I felt completely normal. And then my mom just looked at me, she goes, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, oh my gosh, wait, really? So it took me a little while to process it. Like a couple minutes while I was sitting there, I was like, oh, oh. So <laughs> I was there shaking my head. I'm like, I'm healed. So then it like still took me a couple minutes. I was like, I'm healed. And then I'm like in my room and I'm like, you healed me. <laughs> I feel like when your parents give you a prize, you're like, for me? That's like how I felt with the Lord. I'm like, you healed me? So I was very happy. And to this day, I have not gotten dizzy. I have not had no headaches, no passing out because when the Lord heals, he heals with no side effects, and he yes. heals better than any doctor can. Amen. He did way better than any doctor could have gave me any treatment for. Amen. So at the end of the day, that was his plan so I could have that, my testimony, yes. and I'm very grateful, and I give him the glory and the honor and the thanks. Thank you. Praise, praise God. I'm just going to say this. I don't want to get in trouble, but don't answer this, but I hope her room's clean now, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, we, have, we have one more uh, testimony for us tonight, and if Linda can make her work away here and then introduce herself as well, and then um, we're going to continue with the, the service. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, so I'm just going to share a small testimony. There's so many testimonies we can all, I'm sure, give in the span of our walk with the Lord. But um, interestingly enough, I also wanted to be a nun when I was little. Um, I grew up in New York City, and I grew up in a family that were, they were not believers. They were Catholic, but kind of like your cradle Catholics, as they call them. They just go for, for the holidays. And... Um, 
growing in New York City throughout my life, when I think back to where the Lord took me out of, I just realized that when you're not coming from a home that is grounded in truth, the enemy is just waiting for you and he is devising plans for you. Um, so growing up in New York City, the culture, the music, um, the movies, everything, it really just um, stirred up a lot of feelings of inadequacy as a teenager, as a young woman in college. It turned me into an angry young woman. Um, when my husband met me, I was a feminist who was ready to debate anyone and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anyone. Um, but I am grateful that before I could really come to a destructive point in my life, he revealed himself to me at a conference where my husband and I had been invited to. And at that conference, there was a church service. And like most people who think that they know Christ or think that they're Christian, oh yeah, I know Jesus, sure. Um, but you're just thick and knee deep in your sin. Um, the minister said, God is not gonna bless what he does not acknowledge. And at that moment, I realized he was talking to me because there were so many things that I was trying to accomplish in life that I just could not get over to the other side. And I realized that there was a lot of sin in my life. And that was when I came to the end of myself. And I realized that I was trying to fight this world with all the inadequacy and all the anger that I had inside for no reason because there was a savior who was gonna fill that gap and, and give me the love that I needed to not feel inadequate. And more recently, which is really the true testimony that I have. More recently, my father passed away. I had been praying for him for years, for salvation. And um, with our devoted time in prayer earlier this year, and in fasting and in praying and in having so many people partner with me in prayer, in March, my, my family and I, we were able to go and start sowing that seed to minister to my father. The Lord put such a burden in my heart for him. And no one else really saw it, only me. And my father was very weak. Uh, he was in a wheelchair. We went to Florida to visit him. And uh, when I left in March, I didn't know when I would be able to see him again because of the distance for Florida. But God, but God, he orchestrated a way through many vessels that my father was able to make a trip up here to New Jersey. And while it was a painful three to four weeks that I had with my father because I saw the condition that he was in, and I saw a lot of 
dynamics in the family that just caused more grief in my heart, I was truly able to minister to my father. The mundane things became sacred with him. When he couldn't get out of bed, when he needed care for things that are near the end of someone's life that a primary caregiver would have to give, those things that we might look back on and think, oh, I don't know if I could do that. It becomes so sacred in those times. And unbeknownst to me, upon his return back home, he only lived four more weeks before he passed. And while I don't know if he did come to the Lord, I know that our God is a God of intention, and he is a God with a purpose, and that he does not do anything in vain. So I have that hope that I will see my father yes. one day. Yes. And so we serve a good God, yes. and he is. So my Abba Father helped me minister to my earthly father, and I am so thankful for that yes. this Thanksgiving. Thank you. I love times of, of testimony. Thank you for that, Linda. We're going to we continue to worship the Lord now and continue with our service. And my girls can work their way up to the front. And I also just want to say I'm thankful for my girls, my wife tonight. They're all on the platform. I have one that I'm missing, but that's okay. We're, we do miss her. And when I say that's okay, you know, we, our children grow up and, and they don't always stay at home, right? So we're growing them up so that they can, they can go elsewhere sometimes. And so we miss you, Alexa, as well, if you're listening. But so thankful for the rest of my family that's here. And we have one more song to minister to you. If you want to just stand as well and loosen up a little bit and then we'll get into the word.
He's so great. Hallelujah. God is so good. He's an awesome God. We serve such an awesome, awesome God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus. Well, if we can, those who can, just remain standing just for a few moments. Once again, I just want to thank and wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Amen. Tonight I want to read from the book of Colossians chapter 3. And I've entitled this message, Living a Life of Thanksgiving. Living a Life of Thanksgiving. And we have so much to be thankful for. And I'm sure if we went around the room tonight and started to just point to several people, and maybe all of you, you would have a good word, a good testimony of what God has done in your life. And let's continue to hold on to those things and believe that God will continue to to touch you and proclaim the goodness of God wherever you go. Amen? God is good. And God is on the move even during hard times and troubling times. He's on the move. We see him at work. He is a sovereign God, a holy God. He oversees what is happening in our life and in this world. So don't lose hope, church. And don't lose sight of, of his will and, what, and what, you, what, what he wants to work out and go through and do on this earth. His son, Jesus Christ, is still transforming hearts and saving souls and changing lives. And we hear those stories and testimonies tonight. And all glory and honor and praise goes to God. So let's focus and continue to be thankful and grateful and, and passionate about the things of God and and make sure we continue to work with him to provide a world, a better place for not only ourselves and not only for our family, but for future generations to come. Amen. 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 Colossians 3, beginning at verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself, put on your clothes, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility and gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Verse 17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you, Lord, for the worship and for the witnesses, uh, the testimonies, Lord, that have been given tonight. And once again, we are so grateful and thankful for it. Bless these words, O God, and anoint these lips, Lord, and allow us to hear what you want us to hear uh, from you tonight, O God. We're so grateful for what you're doing. Bless all that's said and done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated, and those that are watching from home are probably already seated. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, this chapter 3 actually begins by saying, if you were to have your Bibles open to this, it begins by saying, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things 
above is what it says. And then it goes on to say, and set your mind on things above. And that gives us really some insight onto some of the things that are happening here. But I kind of feel like, and I kind of circle this word, if. I kind of think it's a powerful word. If. I almost think life and death is here in the sense, right? If you are in Christ Jesus, if you are saved, if you are following his ways, if you are a believer, like if, 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 then do these things, right? What are some of those things? Seek those, seek those things that are above and set your mind on things that are above. But how can you do that if you don't know Jesus Christ in a very personal way? How, how can you do that? And so if you don't know Jesus, then, then so often what, what I'm talking about or what I'm preaching or what you hear from other believers is just foolishness and actually doesn't make any kind of sense. And why should you think, why should you seek these things out? Why should you, you, you set your mind on these things, holy things, right? On a holy God or even heaven as a future place, a resting place or a place to serve out your eternity. You won't. And you wouldn't even care. And if you don't believe in, in Jesus Christ in a personal way, then you might think about some of these things from, from time to time, but it's not your concern and it's not going to be your destiny at, at the moment to, to be there. And so why dwell on these things? Now in a sense, I'm being rhetorical in a sense because I think we should think about these things. No matter where you are in life, I think you should be thinking about these things and then turn your life over to him, right? Speak to him from, from your heart, repent for your sins and invite him into your life to be, to be Lord and Savior of your life. And the Bible says that to those of us who have received Jesus, it says to look up and seek these things above and, and set your mind on things above, not, not on earth or not on the things below. And once we are raised up in Christ, saved, born again, believers, we should be thankful for our life and we should be thankful for our new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And and we ought to be raised up in Christ Jesus. And when that happens, we start living a new life, a transformed life, according to his ways. And we start following his ways. And we start following his behaviors. And, and like, be holy, for I am holy. That's what the Bible says. Be holy, for, for I am holy. And it might seem impossible to fulfill that and to live that way. But it's not because God put that before us, so, so there's some things that he wants us to be able to attain, but it, it's not in ourselves. But, but it is a choice in, in many ways. So we don't have to keep sinning. We don't have to keep doing wrong. Once we're a child of God, we have the Holy Spirit that dwells in us and empowers us and leads us. And so we need to stop, stop sinning and, and start following his ways. It's a choice. And so look up, look up and see Jesus high and lifted up. Seated in the, in the heavenlies on his throne. And, and we start to dwell on that. And we start to focus on that. And we start to fix our eyes and gaze on him. And set our mind on that. And seek more of him. And then we start realizing how great Jesus is. How great God is. How awesome he is. How, how sovereign he is. How holy he is. How, how wise he is. How much knowledge that he has. And, and he wants us to look up. He wants us to look towards him. And when we do this, our eyes start to be open and our focus is more on Him and we draw near to Him and we start seeing better and we start seeing with clarity and we start seeing those around us. And, and so then we're moved in our hearts and, and in our physical body to, to con compassion and, and to forgive. 
to be gentle, to be, to be thankful, to be grateful. And, and we find the list of this here in verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. As I said, put, put on, clothe yourself, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forget, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Without forgiveness and love, it's hard to forgive and love rightly. It's hard to live according to his, his word and according to his ways. And if you notice, there's something you have to do here. You clothe yourself with these things. And it has to do with relationships. While this often, this world makes Christians out to be wicked or evil or even terrorists. They misunderstand Christianity. We are to treat people with love. We are to treat people kindly. We are to have patience. Amen. We are, we are to be compassionate, loving, kind people filled with humility. In fact, if you were to go back and to read this entire chapter, it would encourage you to stop it. Get rid of some of the behaviors that you're doing. It uses this language. Put, put to death, it says. Put to death evil and lust and sexual immorality, greed and, and, and rage and anger and slander and filthy language from your lips. This is how the world lives. This is what the world does. But Romans chapter 1 expands this list and tells us to those who continue to do these things. It says you deserve death and separation from God, banishment from God. But we no longer are to do these things. Believers are no longer to do, this work, to do these things. But the world continues to do these things. And the world continues to, to run rampant in society doing these things. And we can add things in our, in, and make a list of ourselves. Lying lips and malice and, and, and greed. And, and the list goes on and on. But the Bible says put to death these things. Put them away. Stop doing these things. Those were your past. But now you put on new clothes and you clothe yourself with compassion and humility and kindness and gentleness and patience. And these are virtues that should be done in a loving way. And these should be done to others, right? People treating people rightly according to Holy Scriptures, according to God's words, according to the, the commandments. A, 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 you know, the Bible is just filled with so much truth. And it starts with Christians. It starts in our homes. It starts in our churches. We should be the biggest promoters uh, and modelers. I think I word it that way of Christ. Model Christ Jesus in word, in action, in deed, in your life. So that everything should change when Christ Jesus rules and reigns in our hearts and in our life. And so this evening, I want to look at four things that happen when we start living a life of thanksgiving in Christ Jesus. Living a life of thanksgiving in Christ Jesus. Number one, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Verse 15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Now, true peace can only come from the Lord. So allow his peace to rule in your heart. It's a choice. Trust the Lord. And it starts by being his child, a child of King Jesus. It begins by knowing the Lord is with us and for us and, and that we belong to him and that we are his child. And if you reject 
Jesus Christ. Can you really have this type of true peace? Can you really have this happiness that I'm talking about? And I think the answer is, and I know the answer is, no, you cannot. Oh, it might be for a moment of time. It might linger from your last fix, but it won't be a lasting fix. It won't be a lasting thing. It won't be lasting peace. It won't be God's peace. And true peace comes from the Lord and it transcends all understanding. And so let's be thankful. Let's be grateful. Let's be thankful tonight for God's creation. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants a forever relationship with us. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart tonight. Secondly, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Now, too many Christians these days don't know the word of God, but his words are, are not dwelling in us, but they ought to dwell in us. But do they dwell in us richly? And so when we think about wealth and we think about abundance and we think about having plenty and having all our needs met, met abundantly, that's what I think is happening here. And I think that's how this word is, is taking place here. His word is supposed to dwell in us and reside in us. And my prayer is that may God's word dwell in us abundantly, richly. And I would ask you not to raise your hand tonight to answer this question. But have you read or almost finished reading the entire Bible just this year alone? And for many, the answer is no. And for many, the answer is I've never read it cover to cover. And definitely I have not read it cover to cover this year. Now, personally, I try to read through the Bible every year, at least, at least once. But definitely, after I do that, several books of the Bible I try to read over and over again. But I will just say this. I mean, read it and or listen to it. All right? And so... We need to understand that. Did you know that you can listen to the entire Bible in 72 to 75 hours? That's three days, for folks, if you, if you do your math. That's three days. So even if you're a very slow reader, and it can take you about a week, and since, let's be practical here, no one's staying up for an entire week reading the Word of God. Most people are not going to do that. It's not practical. How about 15 minutes a day? The average read, if you break this down to 15 minutes a day, can read the entire Bible in a year. 15 minutes a day. I wonder if we have 15 minutes a day for God. I wonder if we have 15 minutes somewhere in our very busy, busy life to find 15 minutes to read the Word of God. I like to tell my children and family and friends and youth, when you read the Bible from cover to cover once, when you're done, do it again. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And remember this, church, this is not just reading God's word so that you check it off your to-do list, right? This is, we want God's word to dwell in us abundantly, dwell in us richly. So we study it. We don't just devo it, right? We don't just cherry pick it and just pick out our favorite stories or our favorite scripture verses. Study God's words to know God's words, to know him and to learn how to live rightly. Amen? Amen. 
We're thankful for his word and we want, to, we want his word to be in us richly. And you'll be happier for it and more grateful and thankful. And I think live a greater pleasing life unto the Lord in the long run. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ rejoice in and through you. Verse 16 says, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And when you have God's peace, his words will dwell in you richly. You start breaking out in song. Come on, here's my dance, guys. You see it? Break out in songs or dance or, or praise and worship. Church, I love to worship. And, and sometimes, like even tonight, like let's just keep going a little bit longer, right? I just want to bask in his presence and, and praise the name of the Lord and, and stay in that a little bit longer. And I think this is saying, let your worship be in Christ be in you and through you. Let, let these words fill you and overflow out of you. And, and let's do it on purpose. Let's do it spontaneously. Let's do it in a various way. Let it become you and let it flow out of you. We are to be worshipers. And we are to love his word. We are to love worship. And it should flow out of us in just various ways. It should ooze out of us. Someone bumps into you. Worship should come out. Not, not some of the other things that come out of people, right? Not some of the sign language that's given, right? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God should come out of you. But if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, how can you worship him rightly? How can you be filled with gratitude towards him? And towards God, right? And for those who are singing and, and worshiping and, that, and they say, hey, that's really not my thing. I want to encourage you, try to make it your thing. I would encourage you to sing and worship and praise and make a joyful noise anyway. Even if you can't carry a tune. Do it anyway. Make a joyful noise unto God anyway, right? Your heart will be filled with joy and your head will be filled with truth just by singing the psalms and the hymns yes. and these songs. Yes. My wife actually works very hard at putting songs together, but we believe that the Holy Spirit is going to move and motivate us as we sing these words and these songs. They're not just empty lyrics. They are to mean something. They're to walk us through you know, the, a certain way that's supposed to fill our hearts with joy and our minds with praise unto God. Now, some of these new songs, I'll just say, point to self. But when you start singing about Jesus and you start singing about God and start thinking about the great things that he has done for you and for others, it should make us to break out in a dance and praise and worship. It should make us to be grateful. It should make us want to, to rejoice and sing. Oh, he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And you just want to start praising him more and more and more. Amen. Hallelujah. Let the worship of Christ rejoice in and through you. Yes. And finally, let everything that you do be in Jesus' name. Be in Jesus' name. Verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And verse 23 and 24 reinforces this as well by saying, whatever you do, Work it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So many people, when they go to work, think they're working for self. Think they're working for the man. 
They're working for the Lord Jesus Christ. They're working unto God. You are to work unto him. You are to live unto him. You are to serve him. You know, church, when the word of God says whatever, it means whatever, whatever you do, wherever you go, right? Wherever you find yourself, whatever you're saying, whenever you're speaking, whenever you're going, whatever you're doing, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Work it unto the Lord. Do it and live it and rejoice in and for the Lord Jesus Christ, not man. We represent the Lord in all that we do. That's the way it's supposed to be. And we must be reminded of this. You don't go on vacation from the Lord. You might go on vacation from this church, but you don't go on vacation from Jesus Christ. You are a Christian wherever you go. Don't think when you go on vacation, you get to cut up and mess up and do whatever you please. And maybe come home with some gifts that you don't belong to have. We need to... We need to make sure that we're Christians every day, all the time, 24-7. Whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. So when you're doing something wrong, when you're hooking up with someone you shouldn't hook up with, or saying something that in word and deed and action, pause, pause, think, reflect, amen, repent. You, should, you shouldn't even do it. So you don't have to repent. If you don't do, you don't have to repent for it. But if you fail, if you fall, if you stumble, if you mess up, I don't want to say it's okay, but I do want to say we have a, a God that you can turn to and you can repent and start doing what's right again. Do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You know, when you start to realize that the Lord is watching us, that the Lord is with us and watching us and listening to us. It should affect our behavior. When we really have that realization of it, it should affect our behavior. As believers, we should be living and acting rightly and righteously accordingly to what? According to the scriptures and setting our affection towards God. God where? God in heaven, God in our heart and not according to the world. Not according to earth standards. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to the Father through Him. So living a life of, of thanksgiving can only be done when, it's, when it, He is your Lord. When He is your Savior. Let everything be done in the name of Jesus. Amen? As we transition to a time of communion, let me just take a moment and just settle us down for a few moments and start examining your heart. Saints of God, examine your heart. Truly examine your heart and ask the Lord, is there something happening inside of my heart that I need to reflect on, that I'm doing wrong? We know that Holy Communion is Holy Communion. It's a holy time. It's not a time for you to be a, it doesn't matter if you're a member of the church or an, or an attendee of the church or a guest of the church, someone visiting, it doesn't matter. But what matters is that you know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to pause for a moment and just give our viewers at home and those that are here tonight, I don't judge your heart. 
I'm not saying, hey, that's saved, that's not saved. We, we, we can look at fruit, but we can be fruit inspectors, but that's another story for another day. I will just say this. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're not right with the Lord, don't take communion. If you don't know Jesus Christ in a personal way, don't take communion. Nobody in this place should, should make you feel uncomfortable or make you feel embarrassed. But the truth of the matter is, the Bible talks about why some are weak, some are sick, and some even die. Communion is a very holy time. And so we have to examine ourselves. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ tonight and you want, you just confess. You, you just invite him into your heart. You repent for your sins. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I, be, I believe that. It's by faith that we are saved. You just turn to the Lord and, Lord, I'm a sinner. Save me. Forgive me of my sins. Save me. I'm going to turn away. But I know that I can't live this life according. I can't live a holy life without you. I can't combat sin without the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. I want, I want to live for you. If you said that or something like that, it's not the exact words. You are saved. Now start living the life of Christ. Start getting into the scripture and following his words. And live for him. And so we examine our hearts. And if you've done that now here, you can partake in communion. And if you've done that at home, you can partake in communion as well. And so after examining your heart, you take the bread and bless it. And then we'll take together as family. But we know that the bread is symbolic of his body. Broken and bruised for us. He went to the cross to die for us. But you know, it didn't stop there. He was resurrected. He's alive. He's seated at the right hand of Father God. But we take communion in remembrance of his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. We want to remember these things. And so we remember the work on the cross and his body that was bruised. Let's bless this bread. Father God, we just thank you for this bread, Lord. Your body broken and battered for us. You did this because you love us. You did this because you want to free us. You did this because you wanted a relationship with us. You did this because you wanted us to be released from slavery and bondage and strongholds. You did this, God. You sent your son to redeem us. We thank you for it. We thank you for his willingness to have his body beat and battered and bruised on this cross. Bless this bread in Jesus' name. And when he gave thanks, he broke it. And he said, take eat, this is my body, which he has broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's do this together as a family. This cup is symbolic of his body, of the blood, I should say, that was stained the cross and dripped from his body. I mean, it was brutal. If anyone watches some of these scenes that have come out or just read the Bible and you start seeing it in your mind's eye, you'll see what a bloody, terrible mess this was. He lost so much blood. His face was so ripped apart. His back was so ripped apart. I mean, 
we don't want to get graphic here, not, not tonight, but, but we are so thankful that he was willing to take on this pain and suffering and shame and bloodshed. Because without this bloodshed, without this, without this perfect lamb going to the cross, we would have to still do this over and over again. But, but once and for all, it's finished. Amen? The work on the cross is finished because of, because of what, he has, what he has done. Lord, I, I, I pray for this cup, Lord, symbolic, this juice symbolic of, of your blood that was shed on the cross. We thank you, Lord, for your willingness to do this, Lord. We remember your work. We remember, Lord, your healing power. Remember, Lord, by your stripes, we are healed, O oh God. We become overcomers, O oh Lord. We can live with you now forevermore. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. In the same manner, he took this cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat and drink, eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's do this together as a family. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, church? And I want to just give some instructions in a moment. But can we just give the Lord a praise offering and just be thankful? Hallelujah. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Let's just glorify Him for a few moments. You are an amazing God. You are glorious, O oh God. You are a holy God. We thank you, Lord, for the cross. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, before you leave tonight, my wife just wants to give a couple instructions, and then we'll, we'll pray and dismiss. Amen. Well, happy Thanksgiving from our family to yours. We are so happy you all came out tonight. And so our family has a gift for you. We have enough for everyone to take one, each person, every person here, even the youngest. Everyone can take one. So it's pumpkin bread. So you can come on up and we'll just end our service tonight coming on up to the altar. We'll be able to greet you, say happy Thanksgiving, and give you a bread. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this Thanksgiving season. We pray, Lord God, for every family that's here and everyone that's listening, wherever they are, Lord, far or near, Lord, in this country or far off into other lands, oh God. We know they're listening and we know they, they're here, oh God. We pray blessings over them, Lord God. Give them protection, Lord. Bless them, Lord. And we're just so grateful for them, oh God. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will be with every, with every hearer today, oh God. Bless their family, Lord God. Keep them safe, oh God. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for this night and everything that's been said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. God be with you, church. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for watching today's video. Give us a like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you know every time we post a new video. See you next time.